Good morning, prayer house. Is it afternoon already? Oh, yes, it's afternoon. Good afternoon. I love this moment. I think that if we get to go home right now, we are good, right? You hear it out there is that get your Jesus fix, but we don't want to fix, right? Yeah. Who likes to get their tire fixed? Or a new tire, right? Is better? <laughs> so this morning, I really ask God just to renew us. Amen? To renew us. And I'm going to be speaking um, a little bit about just continuation of what Pastor Esau preached last night. So if you were not here, there was an audio on our page, right, on Instagram that you can listen to. Or if you miss something, you can listen to it again. I'm one of those persons that likes to listen to it again. He was speaking about how Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem, right? Um, as, he, as this um, donkey carried him, he was talking just about the burdens that this donkey was carrying as he was walking this journey with Jesus. And so... There is so much, guys. There is so much. Um, this is called the Passion Week. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are books that speak about Jesus, his life, his ministry, and his last week on this earth. His life, his ministry. His life was 30, for 30 years, right? His birth, his life for 30 years. His ministry, that was how many years? And you can all just shout it. <laughs> Three years, right? And then the Passion Week, which is how many days? Well, if you, yeah. But for us, it's seven, <laughs> right? But these seven days are so detailed, and there is such a big percentage written on the Bible about these seven days. It's like, wow, God, Jesus had these 33 years on earth, but they're more focused on this last week of his life because that last week was so impactful. The Jewish families traveled to Jerusalem to sacrifice their lamb on Passover as a tradition, right? Maybe people were following Jesus because of his fame. They were seeking what their ears had heard, but what their eyes had not seen. Because they had heard, we didn't have like we have Instagram and all this stuff nowadays. They had just only heard of these miracles. They had heard of this um, Galilean who earned fame through his, the resurrection. And, and Pastor Joe just mentioned it this morning of Lazarus and other miracles that he had done. He was casting out demons. He was multiplying food and feeding the hungry, right? God wasn't just giving them filling their spirit, but he was filling their, their flesh. He was raising the death. Lazarus had been dead for four days. The Bible speaks about there had been other resurrections, right? It's kind of like when you're diagnosed with something and it's like it can possibly go away, right? But when you've had it for so long and all of a sudden there's healing, it's like, wait a minute, that's out of order, all of a sudden, that's a miracle, right? And people had heard of other resurrections, but Lazarus had been dead for four days, and he smelled. The, the Bible said that he stunk. 
that they told him like, dude, like, like he's really like decomposing at this moment. There's no way. But we've heard on the Bible time after time, and Alessia one time during prayer mentioned that, where there were dead, dry bones, and even that didn't stop Jesus from raising them, right? He had healed the blind, the blind man who shouted, son of David, have mercy on me. You, will, you can see that, and, and maybe at your own time, on Mark 10, 46, it talks about that story. This guy, and the reason I'm, I'm just giving you a little backstory of where we're going, okay? So if you're losing me, let me know. But just, I, I see all of you guys engaged. We're doing good. This guy was given a cloak. And that gave this guy permission to beg. It was his one and only possession and his only source of income was to rely as a beggar to whatever little money or coins people would give him. But when he heard that Jesus was coming, he threw that cloak, that cloak aside. It was his comfort zone. It was something that kept, you know, that again, his only possession, his only worth. But he said, I'm going to like get rid of my own life. I am done being a beggar. And he was desperate for change. And that's why he released it. Now, we've talked about it in the past too. And Pastor Joel spoke about this uh, maybe a few weeks. Of cloaks that were very special garments. And these are cloaks that only people that could afford these cloaks would wear. Kings in David's time would wear them. They were seamless. They had like specifications on them, right? Four corners. Uh, sometimes tassels were attached. There were words or commandments written on the collar of these cloaks, right? Words that would say Lord of Lord and King of Kings. These were the kind of clothing and garment that these people were wearing. But the Bible speaks about as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, and he's entering Jerusalem in this um, donkey, the disciples that were with him removed their cloaks, their garments, and threw them on top of this donkey. And some of them threw them, you know, it, it, on the path that this donkey was taking. They were also throwing Palm Sunday, right? They were throwing palms. And just a little fact about palm trees. Palm trees take 30 years to bear fruit. And back in the day, men couldn't become high priest until they turned 30 years old. That's why Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old, right? Palms were considered symbols of victory and triumph at that time. And so during his grand, grand entrance on Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory was taking place. Clothing, garment, palm leaves, they were being laid out as Jesus was riding this donkey. And he was entering the city of Jerusalem the city that he and his disciples knew had enemies, 
of Jesus. And where was he heading? Who knows where he was heading? As he was entering, he was heading to the temple. He was heading to the temple where he continued to do miracles, where if you remember, he showed his anger against commercial people that were doing businesses there. And he said, I am very upset because my house is going to be called a house of prayer. That's us, guys. God wanted his house to be called a house of prayer. And even at this time, Jesus was a lot more appealing than religion because he was heading to the temple where these religious people were at. He attracted tax collectors. He attracted the prostitute. He attracted murderers and fishermen, people with bad reputation. They gravitated towards him. And he would speak to them with a loving, soothing voice, with forgiving words. But to the religious, he would often be harsh. He would call them hypocrites, right? He was upset at what every word that was coming out of his mouth that had been written on the law and that they should have known they didn't know or they didn't apply to their lives. When he had healed somebody on the Sabbath and they were upset because it was the Sabbath, instead of rejoicing because this person had been healed. They were laying their garments to show honor, to show and the acknowledgement and declaration that Jesus, Jesus was the King of Kings and the promised Messiah that they were waiting for. Amen? They were declaring they, as if Jesus needed it, right? That he was worthy to be called the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And that's just the intro, guys. I'm going to go into this. The donkey that he was riding showed his identity. Zechariah 9.9, and Pastor Esau spoke about that last week. Talked about the coming of Zion's king. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So he had to come riding in a donkey, right? That was his identity. They were going to identify him by riding on a donkey. Exodus 34, 19 says, The first offspring of every womb belongs to me, including all the firstborns, males of your livestock, whether from herd or flock. Redeem the firstborn donkey with a, with a lamb, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem all your firstborn sons. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. 
When Jesus said that, we know that God himself was already doing that. Right? He gave his first and only son, his only begotten son for us, a sacrifice. I've titled this Redeemed. The donkey represented the redeemed. As we read in this verse, if a donkey, because a donkey was impure, to come before the Lord as a sacrifice. And therefore, a lamb had to be in its place. And Jesus is the lamb. Donkeys are often overlooked, right? Nobody wants to be called a donkey. Nobody wants to be compared to a donkey. But that donkey received honor. That donkey was born specifically to carry Jesus to the temple, according to Zechariah's prophecy. But we go back to what Pastor Isa was preaching last week. And we understand that this donkey was tied up. And that's what I want you guys. If you walk out with something today, I want you to walk out with that. That we are often tied up. We're tied down to so many things. We're tied down to guilt, to anxiety, to any concern of any kind. We are tied down to the need to forgive, to obsessions, to substances, to dependency on these things, to devices, to the fear of showing love to the fear of showing the gospel to others because of what are they going to say about me? Because they're going to have questions and I don't know what to say. My pastor's not here. Being tied down weighs you down, guys. When you are untied, you ride with Jesus, and you follow him on this journey to Jerusalem, the holy city where God dwells. We were created for a purpose, and that purpose is to love him and to love his people. Donkeys were used to enact treaties, to settle disputes, to end wars, to celebrate victories. And that's who we are. We are here to do those things. We are here. The Bible says that the Lord said, I am here to bring peace. My peace I bring to you. My peace I give to you. And I don't give it to you like the world. Right? We are here to bring peace. Amongst the chaos of this world, we are here to bring peace. And like those who praised him by throwing their coats and the palms, saying Hosanna, God wants us to do that, to remove that this morning, to free ourselves from the things that are tying us up. 
Amen? Amen. To praise God without hindrance. Can we say that this morning? I want to praise and honor my God. I want to praise and honor him. Amen? Amen. We were untied, guys, so that he could be tied up on the cross for us. The Lamb of God who laid down his life for his friends. Amen? Jesus decided to enter Jerusalem because he knew that his time to fulfill his father's mission had come. He knew exactly what he was going in there for. Amen? To be free, to give us freedom so that we can experience eternal life with him. To be redeemed by the Lamb of God. Jesus says, my victory is yours. Death is our eternal life. So we should not fear death. Death is our coming into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? If you've lost somebody in the past and you're carrying that weight, remember that death is the Christian's eternal life. It is the place where we want to be. Pastor Joe was saying earlier that Jesus had cried for Lazarus. And Lazarus was his friend. And the Bible speaks about how he calls us his friends. And that's the reason that as he entered Jerusalem, he wept for the people because he considered them their friends. Who has friends here who believes in you and who has friends here who have stabbed you or continue to stab you because you allow them to? Or will continue to hurt you because... Regardless of what happens, you've got to continue to show God's love in that person's life, right? But as long as we have his breath, guys, we should live our lives for him. The breath that we have in our lungs and as we speak is borrowed. What do you do when somebody lets you borrow something? You take care of it a little bit more, right? than your own stuff. That's what God wants us to do. He says, I'm letting you borrow this life. People who are married, I'm letting you borrow your life and the life of your wife. People who have married and have children, I'm letting you borrow your life, the life of your wife, and the life of your children. Because it is my breath that is in your lungs. This morning, I really want to just continue to encourage you that. That as you find yourself tied down, you can release that to the Lord. And you can say, God, we are going to walk together. This donkey, and if we know and understand, donkeys were used to carry heavy loads, right? The donkey was carrying Jesus, but Jesus was carrying the load of the world. 
he knows you. He knows what burdens you have. He knows what makes you feel tied up. He knows that there are things that you're like, if only I could do. If I didn't feel tied up, if I, you know, like we want to do things in our own strength. But God says, give me all your burdens. Release it all to me. And I will take it to the cross. Not even he carried that burden for himself. He took it to God. He took it to his father. And he wants us to mirror that. If Jesus himself took the burden of the world to God, we can take our own burdens to God. That's why he made the way. Amen? Amen. It's something small. It's something simple, guys. But the word of God is simple. I was reminding you guys that there are angels in heaven that say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was, who is, and who is to come. God is in our past, he's in our present, and he's waiting for us in our future. Amen? This morning, as we stand up, and I'll ask my husband to come up here so we can pray for each and every one of you. We've already started this holy week, this passion week, this passion of Jesus for our lives, this step into Jerusalem humbly, knowing who he was, knowing that he had a throne on heaven, knowing that that cross, the, 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 um, his uh, crown of thorns was not the crown that he was to wear. The Bible talks about him giving us a crown. He crowned us. A king who sees us as his daughters and his sons. As holy crowns us. Amen? Receive that crown today.